Young TK. Mike, oh boy, do you sound perky after vacation. You're back in the house yourself, my friend. How you been? Back in the saddle again. <laughs> oh, yes. First off, tell me about your vacation. The wife and I always go to somewhere different in the world. I mean, not really different as far as we don't go to the Far East or something, but we try and go somewhere. And this year we decided to go to England and do a part of England we haven't done, which is called the Cotswold, which is about... 150 miles west of England. It's those little villages with the thatch roofs and the, but it was not really fun because it's all nothing but old people and Japanese tourists and little niche kichi shops, you know, those little tea rooms and stuff. So a pretty area, but, uh, but London was great. And then we stayed at a little town called Soning, S-O-N-N-I-N-G, which is on the Thames about an hour outside of London. And it's a great little town. No main street, no nothing, just really exclusive homes and stuff, old homes. And we stayed at a place called the Bull Inn. And about a stone's throw across the river, the Thames, was the $10 million estate of George Clooney. On the other side, we couldn't see it because it was behind a wall, the home of Jimmy Page, the guitarist of Led Zeppelin. Very nice. Yeah, and then down the road was the summer home of the uh, Prime Minister, Theresa May. So that's the kind of neighborhood it was. But it was fun. London's a great town. But, you know, Thomas, after 10 days, it's always good to get back in the U.S. of A. Yes, where there's bombings, shootings, and Wait a minute, all the what? other crazy stuff that goes on here, right? Well, while I'm in London, you're doing a little bit of a uh, Route 66, right? And that Mustang of yours? Yeah, the bullet, the 2019 Ford Mustang bullet. You know, only 500 made, <laughs> and I've got number 128. But yours wasn't a vacation. You were on a business trip. Well, I was going to try to mix the two, you know? Right. So what I did was I drove down to Columbus, Ohio. Then it was Cincinnati. Then it was Nashville overnight. Cincinnati was overnight. Nashville overnight. And then LaGrange, Georgia for the Georgia Radio Hall of Fame. And then I was going to go into Panama City Beach for a couple of days and kind of chill on the beach. Right. But we all know... What happened a couple of weeks ago, which is horrible with that hurricane and nobody's talking about it, and they're still trying to dig out. Right. So I just went into Atlanta, got some more radio business done on the way down. I'm putting a lot of miles on the bullet, by the way, but it's <laughs> such a great car. It's so much fun. How was it in gas? It's uh, not bad. I mean, kind of surprising on the road. I got up to 24 miles a gallon. Well, that's right? not bad. No, that's great. Around town, it's not so great. Right. But it's 500 horsepower, and you know it's pretty amazing when you think about what they've done with uh, technology and efficiency with engines and that kind of thing. Right. So on the way down in my overnight stay in Cincinnati, I had a radio guy I was hanging out with, and he wanted to smoke cigars. <laughs> so I haven't smoked a cigar in probably, I don't know, 20-plus years. And we go to this steakhouse where they have this sort of outside street cafe you know you can eat outside you can smoke cigars outside but who would want to eat out where everybody's smoking cigars so everybody's on the sort of porch outside and it's cold in cincinnati and they have these heaters coming down over your head you know right. so you're getting the cold from every side except the top of your head <laughs> and you're smoking this thing that should not be in your body. <laughs> right. well, you, don't inha- you don't inhale, do you? No, of course but some, not. But some but gets in there. I'm thinking that's where I got sick because I woke up the next day with the worst sore throat, and then that progressed into, you know, this cold that has been hanging on now for over a week. 
So well, you'll tough it out. You're a tough guy. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm turning the corner. But the good news is, you know, you have no appetite, so I'm losing weight, which is, you know, great. The bad news is I feel like crap. And uh, the other bad news is the show must go on. <laughs> I got to tell you, I got to tell you this one other story. So I'm in LaGrange, Georgia right. at this Georgia Radio Hall of Fame. A buddy of mine was getting inducted and he wanted me to sit at his table. So I did. I never worked in Georgia. So, uh, you know, they would never even consider me, which is OK. <laughs> but I was there for my friend. And so in the middle of the ceremony, I get up and I go to the restroom and who do you think comes in right behind me and thrust the door open to where it like practically knocks me over? I have no idea who's in LaGrange, Georgia. Sean Hannity. You're kidding me. No. And he came in with his bodyguard. Yeah, was he there got, for that Hall of Fame thing? Yeah, he was because he started he started right. in Dothan, Alabama uh, radio back in the uh, 90s, I guess. And then he was hired in Atlanta, and that's where his career started taking off. But Did you have a conversation with him? No, I didn't say anything. I just looked at him like, you know, man, he walks around like he owns a place. Yeah. You know? But uh, uh, yeah. anyway, so that's my little brush with fame there. <laughs> and uh, I sat at the table at this Georgia Radio Hall of Fame thing with – a lady who was married to Hugh Wilson. Do you know who that is? Yeah, he was the guy in WKRP. Right. Created WKRP. Right. And he passed away last December. Oh, and she did? was there to receive uh, an award for him. <clears throat> but he uh, started in Atlanta radio. Turns out that WKRP was based on a radio station that he worked with in Atlanta called WQXI years right. ago. So well, that was but, all fun, but I didn't really get any rest and relaxation. It was more like business and fun. I guess I did a little bit, but the cold didn't help. Right. So I guess the big story on Friday, and this was crazy about this bomber. First of all, was it any surprise to you, Thomas, that he was from Florida? <laughs> yeah, I guess not. I can't also, I can't figure out. They kept on saying he was a stripper. Boy, those women down in Florida must have some strange taste in strip. Did you see this guy? Yeah. Did he look like a stripper to you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's hard for me to uh, judge that kind of thing. And, and it's weird because all day Friday, this was going on in the country. People on the right were saying, oh, please don't be a Trump supporter. Please don't. And the people on the left were going, oh, please don't be a false flag. And it was somebody on the left doing this. To Did you hear that? Did you feel that from the country? I, I was... Uh... Under the weather, so okay. I well, was, let me say uh, I was doing a lot of sleeping at that point. Well, this bomber was not very good. He was it was over fourteen in his pipe bombs. Thankfully, over fourteen, Thomas. That's almost like the Browns last year, right? Over fourteen, no, over sixteen. Right. Well, anyway, the things are coming out about you know little details about these bombs. You know, they made a big deal about it, but you know the bomb that he sent to Robert De Niro? Yeah. Wasn't a pipe bomb. You know what it was? It was a DVD from Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> That's what that was, Thomas. Yeah, that hurts more than an actual. So, yeah. so all the people they sent these bombs to were, were people that didn't like the president, and it was surprising that Elizabeth Warren wasn't on that thing. Wasn't that surprising? Well, the, do we know if they found all the bombs yet? The idiot couldn't find out the correct address for Pocahontas. That's why she didn't get one. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the real news in this whole thing was that it only takes six regular stamps to mail a. Pipe Pipe bomb. Did you know that? Just six. That's all it takes. 
Oh, I don't know. Florida again. I, we wouldn't be surprised if they sell pipe bombs at their Walmarts down there, Thomas. There's a marketing opportunity there. There is. And I remember when they hadn't found the guy yet, it was called a manhunt. Isn't that something we shouldn't do during the Me Too movement called a manhunt? It could have been a woman, right? (laughs) Oh, buddy, I like that laugh with that cough in there. Tom and Mike. Your girl, Megyn Kelly, got fired. Yeah, what do you think about that? Well, I was going to ask you because I know you were a big fan of hers. Well, I I was never really a big fan. Come on. (laughs) I liked the way she looked. I thought she was beautiful. And I thought, you know, she was... uh, very articulate. Well, we're not going to feel sorry for it, Thomas, because you know how much she gets for her payout or whatever they do when they get rid of somebody? No. $69 million. Or as Steve Miller said, take the money and run, baby. Don't you think there could be some kind of... Um, no. You're going to say get put her in a different type of moral, a show? No, no. Don't you think there could be some kind of morals clause in her contract where they would say... Hey, you know, she did something, or the contract states that if she did anything that would embarrass or humiliate the company in such a way yeah, as to cause so much harm. I think what's strange is that on Friday, you actually think they're going to pay her all that money? I don't. But it was, you know, here's what's strange. Friday, there was a story in the papers that said that her lawyers requesting that Rona Farrow be at the meeting. What's that about? Did you see that? No. That's kind of weird. I don't know what that's about. But, uh, you know, let's face it, Thomas. This woman has put her foot in her mouth a bunch of times. And this blackface thing is the worst. You know, this Halloween, she's not going to go on blackface. She's going on eggface, pal. Tom and Mike. Now, Thomas, did your kids ever have chicken pox? That's a good question. I don't think so. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't remember. Well, they're doing something, to me, that sounds pretty weird in Boulder, Colorado. A bunch of parents are getting together. And they're having chicken pock parties, hoping their kids get infected. What? Yeah. Their reasoning is once they're exposed to the virus, they'll become immune to it. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense at all. I think somebody should call child services. That's what I think. Uh, Yeah. Come on. Explain this to me. These are anti-vaccine people, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And they feel that if you give your kid this thing in a certain, it's really hard to explain, but they're having chicken pox parties, hoping their kids get infected. So it won't be a severe case and it'll keep them in the future from getting anything. So how do you think we should have some fun at our next chicken pox party? (laughs) I bet you have some ideas. Well, I don't know. I just know that adults have the same way not getting infected. You remember those parties where they put keys in their bowl (laughs) and the bowl and you leave with somebody different? They got some infections, right? Keys? Remember when there were swingers? Those swingers would go around back in the in the 70s and 80s where people would come to parties and they would put keys in a bowl, you know, car keys, then you'd pick out the keys and then you go with that person. I never heard of that. But you were hanging out with some loose people, weren't you? Yeah. Well, these kids with these chicken pox party, you know what the door prize was at the party? No. Elephantitis, baby. Elephantitis. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. I think since pot is legal in Colorado, some people might want to give it a rest for a day, don't you think? I think. The weed is too strong over there because a chicken pox party, I'm telling you, pal, if you don't believe me, Google chicken pox party, Boulder, Colorado, and trying to understand it better than I'm explaining it. But that's what it is, pal. That's what it is. I think that sounds like a great time for <laughs> Halloween fun. Tom and Mike. Did you know that there's going to be a Titanic 2 set in sale in England in about a year and a half? They're Did actually you know? going to call it Titanic? It's called Titanic 2. And it's going to be a replica of Titanic. 
and it's going to have the same route that the original had. How about that? Where's it taken off from? The same place in, in England. I don't know the exact port, Portsmouth or whatever. And if they really want realism, I'm guessing they're only going to make one trip. What do you think? <laughs> I think you're really pushing the envelope is what I think. Although I think this trip's going to be a lot safer. You know why? Why? All the icebergs are melting, pal. That's right. And no, I know you're going to ask me, are they going to play the movie Titanic on there? They're not. They're going to play Poseidon Adventure. No. You know how everybody talks about the Titanic, about the orchestra playing as it was going down? That was a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about Phil the chef in the galley. He kept making sandwiches. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't know. <laughs> oh, man. This is what I love about you, Michael. You bring a world of totally useless information to the table every morning, and we love that about you. You know, if this is success, if this Titanic 2 sailing is success, they're going to bring back the Hindenburg 2. Did you know that? Hindenburg 2. You're going to like that, don't you? I got it. Hindenburg 2, it's a gas. It's a gas. <laughs> Tom and Mike. Do you hear about this grandmother in Minnesota, Thomas? I did not. She's 75 years old, right? She lives with her grandson, and her grandson disobeyed her when he was making coffee to put his cup down on a coaster and he didn't do it. It's not that he just didn't do it. She told him a couple times not to do it and he still did it anyway. You know what she did? Mm -mm. She shot his ass, Thomas. He's okay. I did do a double take that just didn't happen in Florida. It happened in Minnesota, Thomas. Minnesota. <laughs> he learned a valuable lesson, didn't he? Use a coaster. Use the coaster and keep your hands out of the candy dish. You got to love a granny with attitude, don't you? I do. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, is she uh, going to do any time for that? Uh, I don't know. I, probably something. I don't know if you can just shoot somebody, depending on how old you are. I, I don't get, was you, did you have any dealings with your grandmother? Do you have a strict grandmother? I was okay with my grandma. How about you? Well, I didn't know my other grandmother because my father died when I was a kid. And this is crazy. About five or six years after my dad died, my mother met somebody. And my father's mother was so upset about that, that she did away with all contact with my mother. So my brother and me never had any more contact with my grandmother anymore because of that. It was mm -hmm. kind of silly, isn't it? Because what she wants my mother to do, just be a, never see anybody after, it was just six years after my dad died. So, and my other grandmother was a tough Polish broad. Here's my grandmother. When we went to holiday functions, like Christmas time, my grandmother, everybody brought her a bottle because she loved her liquor. And she would sit in a chair and she'd have eight or nine bottles of liquor and she would just sit there looking at him lovingly because that made her happy. I didn't have much dealing with her either because she didn't live close to us, but I don't know. Can I go over here on the couch? Can you tell me some more? <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering if you had any kind of dealings with your grandmother because I know that your mom died early too. Yeah. No, uh, part of my family like you, you know, didn't know the grandparents because I came along a lot later in life, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Well, we're similar though. You lost your mom early and I lost my dad early. Maybe that's where simpatico. I'm going to start crying here in a moment. <laughs> Tom and Mike. Here's another story out of Colorado, which is kind of weird. Parents at a middle school in Colorado got really upset because at career day, they brought in three people, a police officer, an architect, and the third one was a drag queen. A police officer, an architect, and a drag queen. Right. Sounds like a setup for a pretty offensive joke, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Or a reboot of a village people thing. But anyway, the parents got upset that the drag queen was included in this career day, you know, to talk to their kids. Do you have a problem with that? No. I thought I read the story and I said, say what you will about a drag queen. It is a viable career option. Look at Gene Simmons. He's quite wealthy, isn't he? He is. That was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs>
<laughs> they got an answer for this, don't you, buddy? Homeschooling. Homeschooling? Yeah. Nope. That way you don't have to let your kids have to do stuff like this. Unless but the parents are. I kind of believe there's a career day now for ex-principal at this school, don't you think? I think. But you don't have a problem with that, do you? No. I think it's good that you get your kid, you know. Exposure. Right. Some of the most screwed up kids that I know in life were overprotected and too sheltered from their parents. Right. And then they get out in the world and they go, you know, cray cray. Yeah. Don't you agree? Yeah, I agree. First of all, I would never want you to homeschool your kid because you're, you're right. They're not being exposed to life. You got to be around people. You got to be around kids of different ages, different sexes, different colors, whatever. And also, that's why I would send a kid to public school instead of a private school. You that's know what just- the Amish do, don't you? <laughs> they, they seriously, this is no joke. At 16... They allow their children to go out into the world right. and sow their wild oats. I wonder what the percentage of the kids, that did, I, there's a name there's for a that. There's a very high percentage of them that come back. Oh, really? Because it's called the prodigal son syndrome. They go out, they rebel, they drink, they smoke, they, you know, they do crazy things, they get in trouble, they end up coming back home. Right. Because they realized that, you know, that's a lot better than living a life of sin in the world. There's a name for that. I forget. It's a strange name. Like, it starts with an S, I think. Schmettling or something like that. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that's wild. Wild, buddy. We're both back. You feel good? I feel good. And I want to remind everybody that if you want to hear our daily podcast, you can find us at What's This World Coming To? Dot com. Tom and Mike.